See this episode's show notes for our unique promo code to get up to two months of free podcasting service with Libsyn when you sign up for a new account. Get your show on Apple and Spotify. Get helpful stats and all the support you need to sound your very best. This is Jed McKay, and you're listening to Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. Hello there, Looney listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Into the Night, the Moon Knight podcast. I am your guest host tonight on a special edition of Sidekick's Revenge, Justin the Owl, and I'm joined for this episode by another special guest, Anthony from Capes on the Couch. How are you doing, Anthony? I am doing great. It is wonderful to be here. It's been a very long time since I have graced the into the night uh, podcast and i'm glad uh, glad to be back and you were on the last sidekicks revenge too weren't you when you were talking about moon knight artists or artists is that right yes yes nice. yeah and so and i said was, to ray oh, i wow. think we need to do this again it's it's <laughs> been a couple of years and he's like oh right yeah let's do it <laughs> sounds cracking <laughs> And it is a great idea. Yeah, yeah, that was like, that was a couple of years ago. And yes. then I was like, oh, biscuits. <laughs> and we still, Anthony and I might still be joined by a couple of other guests. We had a couple of other people that were going to join us, and uh, they had some last-minute things come up, but they still might come in and join us at any moment, so we'll see. Uh, but for now, yeah, we thought it would be a great idea to talk about some Moon Knight writers as a nice... Um, coin toss it's the other side of the coin from the other episode so uh, anthony since it was your idea why don't you lead us off and let us know who some of your favorite moon knight writers are and why well i think first we need to set the parameters here that we're only talking moon knight solo runs mm-hmm Yes. So we're not, not going like to get into West Coast Avengers. We're not going to get right. into Secret Avengers. Yes. We're also Solo titles. Yeah. Yeah. We're not. Well, we're not going to get into necessarily some of the one-offs either. Right. Like the Black, White, and Blood as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. The the anthology stuff or mm-hmm. yeah, you know, things along that those lines. I'm focused solely on the the solo titles starting mm-hmm. with Mensch and going all the way up to present day with McKay. Right. Volume oh. one through six or what, seven or whatever it is now. Oh, I think we're up to nine. I Are we up to nine? Oh, God. I guess it depends, eight or nine, depending on whether you count Mark Spector, Moon Knight as a separate run or like mm-hmm. another variation. And then also what do you do with the Bemis run? Do you count that because it was oh. legacy? Right. So do you count that as a continuation of volume one or whatever? Yeah, Mench to McKay is what we're what we're right. focused on. Mench to McKay. Yeah, that works for me. <laughs> I like the Mench to McKay and other writers whose names don't necessarily start with M. Yes, yes. Um, so those are the parameters that I'm I'm working on. Yes. And do we want to go? 
I guess the question is, I mean, we're kind of just spitballing it at this mm -hmm. point. Do we want to go like a ranking system or do we want to just say like, this is my favorite. And then I also like, I also like, and, mm. and bandy back and forth. We could do that. Or we could do like a top three, our top three favorites and then go back and forth that way. We could okay. Okay. So let's, let's do top three then. Sure. Everybody okay. listening to this is going, you guys are talking and you don't know what the hell you're doing. <laughs> yes, that is correct. Yes, that is correct. <laughs> Yeah. On and my show, everything is kind of laid shows. out in advance and yeah. we we work within those parameters. Here, yeah, let's throw stuff at the wall and see what sticks. Yes. A lot of my shows are pretty chaotic. So I think that people who listen to a lot of my shows are like, oh, yeah, that kind of tracks. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like Gamma Charge. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> so... I guess for me, if we're going to start with, with top three, if we're, mm -hmm. if we'll do it that way, my, my number three would have to be, see, it's tough. Cause uh, my, my number one is a clear, mm -hmm. my number two is pretty solid. After that, things get a little murky, mm -hmm. but yeah, I will go. Tough. Yeah, it, it is tough. For number three, I will go Jeff Lemire. Mm, nice. He will be my number three. And I know some people are going to go, really? He's your number three? Who do you have above him? But I really enjoyed how he took the entirety of the mythos mm -hmm. and really was able to weave together a narrative that played on so many of the internal themes mm -hmm. of Mark, Stephen, Jake, Moon Knight, mm -hmm. struggling with and against each other while really trying to incorporate a lot of the, the early stuff that had been brought up, you mm -hmm. know, back to the Mensch run. Yeah. And then continuing on some of the themes that had been established over the past, say, I don't know, five, six years, really with some of the, the Warren Ellis themes and things of that nature moving forward. And for me, that those 12 issues just really tell a fantastic, cohesive story mm -hmm. that pays a lot of uh, homage and honor to the history of the character continuing to move things forward. And at least for me, what I kind of respect and appreciate about it is it is not what I would say a title to jump into Moon Knight on. And I know that a lot of, yeah, a lot of folks say, Oh, start with the Lemire run. No, 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 <laughs> no, don't. Yeah. Don't start with the Lemire run because half the time you're going to be going, what the hell is happening? <laughs> right. wow, I don't understand any of yes. it because it is, there are callbacks and references to mm -hmm. stuff that happened like 30 years prior. So you can't start with the Lemire run. And I respect that and appreciate it as a longtime fan, as, as Ray mm -hmm. would say, I am an Omega level Mooney as I'm recording <laughs> this with a, a life-size cutout of yes. Oscar Isaac appearing over my shoulder, which I love. I love that. Um, yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you to Pete at Rogue Comics uh, in Cranford, New Jersey, for giving me that as a, a birthday present. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I just, I really, like I said, appreciate the the narrative 
and the way it wove everything together mm-hmm. because you could tell he really did his research yes. and read everything and then said, I'm going to take all this mm-hmm. and what can I make out of it? And mm-hmm. on a side note, I, I really loved the run and it was also incredibly infuriating for me because if you listen to my guest spot that I did probably about three years ago at this point, three, four years ago, it's a long mm-hmm. time ago with Ray, where I talked about the Moon Knight movie that I had written and the script that I had come up with. A lot of the themes that I had done specifically with respect to Khonshu being this otherworldly being that was using Mark as his avatar to help battle some of the other other beings from this other dimension. That whole notion of the of the other void or the uh, the over void, whatever it's called, I forget off the top mm, of my head. The, the other void, yeah. The other void. All that yeah. stuff with Conchu was it was like Jeff Lemire broke into my house, read my script and my notes, and said, "I'm going to take this, but do it better." <laughs> and that was the really infuriating thing. I was getting those, <laughs> I was getting those books monthly, and I was reading the floppies and at least three different occasions, I had to put the book down and walk away for a couple of minutes to calm myself down because I was so mad that he did my idea better than I did. <laughs> so I was both like, I respect you and I am so pissed. Yeah. I want that you're getting that. paid for this yeah. and I'm not. <laughs> but at the end, I, you know, I'm still ranking him as, as my number three mm-hmm. writer. So yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. And to be honest with you, Anthony, I felt the same way when I read that story. I was like, I wanted to write that. <laughs> I really did. There's, there were several moments where, like, oh god, that's so gorgeous. I wanted. To and then, that. and then the 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 depth that he gave to the backstory with mm-hmm. young Mark and yes. everything, and the the father. The only difference was in my version, I had Elias as this abusive alcoholic who mm-hmm. traumatized mark and beat him and that is what led to the the split in his psyche which then led to the the did which would have made sense too when we go back way back to the first run and there's that unforgettable moment when his dad's in the boxing ring with him and mark knocks him out in front of everybody that would have made that scene made total sense yes and i incorporated that at least some of the boxing stuff, I incorporated that into various versions of my script where mm-hmm. Elias shows up to watch Mark boxing. And I kind mm-hmm. of vacillated back and forth. In one version, Elias was this pacifist rabbi. In another one, he was an abusive alcoholic. And eventually I settled on the abusive alcoholic because I wanted to mm-hmm. root the DID in something yeah. traumatizing from the childhood. But right. I also found it interesting that they took that the abusive route and then they gave it to the mother in the TV show. Yes. Yeah. Who we had like next to nothing about. The mother is, I don't want to say non-existent, but she's very, very limited in her appearances in the comics. Everything is about Elias. Um, So I found it very interesting that they. All the comics, the mother. Yeah. Yeah. So I found it very interesting that they gave uh, that storyline to the mother in the the TV show. I have 
a host of notes about the TV show. Um, the presence of Oscar Isaac, notwithstanding, it's <laughs> not my preferred Moon Knight, but I digress. Um, but I've rambled on long enough, so <laughs> I will. I don't know if you have anything that you want to add about Lemire, or you want to give me your number three, well, or well, my number three is the same pick, so we'll we'll keep oh. on the Jeff Lemire is my number three as well. I it was tough because for me it was either going to be him or Warren Ellis, because I love the Warren Ellis issue so much, um, and and still go back to those on a regular basis. But for me, it was it's the Jeff Lemire is beats that out. By a slight margin, and for all of the reasons that you mentioned and more, I think that, to be honest, it's the most important Moon Knight story that's ever been written, because it it reveals so much about the character, and it it's such a beautifully written um, story, just from beginning to end. And it is a self-contained story. You don't necessarily have to read what comes before or after this. You can read this story as a self-contained one. And it's gorgeous. Um, also, like you said, you have to get to know the character first in order for this story to really hit you the way that it needs to. You have to kind of spend a few years with Mark Spector and get to know him, get to know his exploits, get to know his past, and then dive into this run after you've read some other stuff. Because it will the, the impact that it will give will be... Uh, much stronger, I think, especially that scene where all of the the altars are are having that conversation at the end and they're embracing each other. I just love that. I I love that issue so much. That's one of my favorite Moon Knight issues. Period. I can't. Remember we are Moon Knight, and we don't need you. Right, that one. I just love that so much. It's really one of the most beautiful things I've ever read, and the artwork is. Wonderful. I mean, just from issue to issue, there was never a lull in the artwork where it seemed to suffer. It it was all excellent from from beginning of the story to the end. So, yeah, for me, Jeff Lemire is definitely number three. And, um, yeah, I can't say enough good things about that that series. Like I said, I think it's the most important Moon Knight story that's been written about about the character dealing now with his personality. Yeah. Yeah. Now you mentioned the art. Now the thing that I really liked about the art, and I think it was born of necessity is the artwork switched depending mm -hmm. on which yes. character was the central piece. And that was my introduction to Francesco Francavilla. Oh who yes. Is otherworldly. Amazing. And is just absolutely phenomenal. And then I went and I read some of the stuff he did with, um, was it uh, a Sabrina? Was oh. it was it Sabrina or or uh, Afterlife with Archie? I forget. Oh. It was one of those one of those titles he went and mm -hmm. he did the artwork on that. I want to say it was Sabrina, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Okay, but like the the dark, mature, satanic worshiping Sabrina that they turned into the TV show. Mm -hmm. But that was my introduction to Francesco Francavia, and he did the Jake. He was the Jake artist on that. Yes. But I forget, I think it was Smallwood was the mm -hmm. was the primary artist. Right. Because he had been he had worked on it during under the the wood run. Yes. And then they brought him for Lemire. But then for whatever reason, he couldn't do all 20 plus pages. So that's when it shifted and said, okay, now every time it ships 
primary character, we're going to bring in a different artist. And so they split the workload, which, which I thought just elevated it. Yes. So, you know, uh, what's, what's that expression? Um, you know, uh, limitations, uh, breed, you know, is the limitations of the, the father of creativity or whatever yes. the, the situation is because yeah. Smallwood could no longer do the 20 plus pages. You had to bring in these other artists and it just gave it this whole other feel. And now there's a visual shift coming mm -hmm. along with the storyline shift. And it just hammers that point home that much more. And you're like, yeah. Oh shit, things are really <laughs> going down because now we're switching back and forth and back and forth. Yes. So, and for any other, any other title that might not work, the shift in artists, like, like Phil and I were, were reviewing that terrible uh, Avengers story from the nineties, the crossing. I don't know if you're, if you, remember that abomination but i in, don't recall that i've read that one it was, it was terrible but one of the reasons it was so bad was because the art was so inconsistent from issue to issue you'd have two or three different artists um on each issue and it was their styles were very different it was very jarring and but the there was no break in the story to ju to justify having a different artist in this it does make complete sense to have a different artist do these different scenes for what's going on in the story. Yeah. If you're going to have a break sense. in the story or, you know, you're going to have like a flashback or things are mm -hmm. happening in alternate timelines and you want to use a different artist to, to demonstrate that, that right. makes logical sense. Definitely. This, you know, that what you're describing doesn't, um, yeah. but it works here with this Moon Knight story. Absolutely. So I, yeah. I, I thoroughly do appreciate that. Um, so shall, so since we're on the same page for number three, let's, shall we yeah, do number let's two? Move on then? To number two, yeah. So number two is uh, Houston. Mm, nice. Okay. The bottom is my second favorite Moon Knight story of all time. And you mm -hmm. were talking, saying how the, the Lemire run is in your opinion, the most important Moon Knight story. I think the bottom mm. is at least in terms of historical callback, so to speak, mm -hmm. and its place in renovating and reestablishing Moon Knight as a character and thematically moving forward because I, I would argue you can really draw a line almost like a family tree mm -hmm. that everything that we've established uh, about Moon Knight over the past 20 years, and it is really close to 20 years at this point mm. can be traced back to that, that Charlie Houston, David Finch run those first six issues in particular, because of everything that the reestablishment of Moon Knight was and had to go through that, um, I really just think that uh, without the without the Houston run, you don't get so many of the current Moon Knight stories now. And that, like I said, from a from a linear standpoint, not maybe not necessarily linear, but at least thematically and culturally and within the Marvel universe, everything that Moon Knight has gone through over the past close to twenty years mm -hmm. is because of that Houston Finch run. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I think it's the quote unquote most important Moon Knight story mm -hmm. there is because 
it really reestablishes Moon Knight, you know, on a on an in-universe level and on a meta level. Mm-hmm. That that ever since then, Moon Knight has been a consistent B level guy. And mm-hmm. it can all be traced back to that run. Right. Hey there, Chad. We're joined by the, yep. the power of Chad has joined us. How are you, Chad? Uh doing fine. How Good. about you? Good, good. Thanks. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. But yeah, we're we're talking about our favorite Moon Knight writers, Chad. Mm, yeah. yeah. And Anthony has just given his second pick, which yeah, is so Houston. We, 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 we're doing top three. Yeah. So if uh, we, we both selected Jeff Lemire as our number three. Mm. So mm. if you want to go ahead and maybe back to back to catch up, Give us your yeah. three and then your two. Mm. Or if you want Justin to go ahead and give his number two while you ruminate as you sit there and stroke your manly beard of manliness. <laughs> no, like depression beard. It's not manly. It's oh. <laughs> uh, it's manlier than anything I've got or could grow. So I will call it the manly beard of manliness. Yeah, <laughs> I could never grow that. Uh, yeah, go ahead and rattle off your, uh, okay. yeah. Well, um, Anthony, that was, yeah. What, what you described definitely makes sense as that, uh, being, uh, the most important Moon Knight story. Cause it is really Moon Knight at his worst. It's at his, his lowest point ever. Um, and so much called dark, the bottom. Exactly. So much dark stuff from the bottom. Now we hear. Yeah. He's alienated everybody around him. Like he's completely alone. He's he's broken physically, mentally, emotionally. He's and being spiritually. constantly spiritually. He's being tormented by Kanchu, um, harassed, and yeah, I, it's it's definitely the darkest Moon Knight story as well. I think out of all of them, and that's saying a lot because there's been quite a few dark Moon Knight stories over the years. There definitely have been some uh, yeah. dark stories. <laughs> yeah. But the whole car- carving off the face has to take the cake. <laughs> yep, yep. I did manage to work that into the script as well, um, into my script because I was working with the theme of masks and who you are underneath the mask and the removal of masks. Mm-hmm. And so at the end, I had Mark carve off Bushman's face, not just for the badass aesthetic, but it tied into the notion of I'm going to take your mask off and show you for who you really are yeah, and carve off the death's head. Yeah. Yeah. I so really, really powerful thematic stuff. Um, and that's really where we also are introduced to Kanchu as kind of the troll that mm-hmm. he's been operating as over the past umpteen years. Yeah. So again, another thing that's been brought forward as a result Definitely. of the, the Houston run. So. Yeah, you never really see Kanchu as much of an antagonist as you do starting with that series. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my my number two pick is actually Doug Minch. Um, the big guy. Yeah, I, I love that original series so much. That was kind of what made me fall in love with the character. Um, and, yeah, I even though there are some stuff that you hasn't aged well, especially some of those early stories, some of the dialogue and some of the tropes haven't aged well. And my God, that man could get wordy. 
holy shit there's there's some of those issues that it's just like jesus will the editor please step in here with a butcher knife uh poor bill sinkevich can't even get a word in edgewise like it's all like dialogue boxes and stuff like even despite that and despite some of the other things that crop up in, in some of Doug Mensch's other writing, I still love it. I love, like in The Moon King, some of the little witty things he did, like with this no smoking sign turning into the Moon Kings. Um, just some of the other little witty wordplay things that he used to do always, always tickled, tickled me. And as like a comic book fan of a certain vintage, I it's it's a it's a style of comic book writing that isn't really seen anymore. So when when I read some Doug Mensch script, it kind of makes me wistful for the old days. It makes me a little sentimental. <laughs> so that's another thing that I get out of it too, on a personal level. It's like, oh yeah, they don't really write him like this anymore. Uh, but yeah, yeah he's I can great. Respect and appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> but he's great. Yeah, I love Doug Mensch very much. And I mean, you know, without him, we wouldn't be here. Absolutely. Yeah. Those those street level stories. I think to your point about, um, you know, some of the the discussion of like, they don't write them like this anymore. In a lot mm -hmm. of cases, they don't write Moon Knight like that anymore. Right. Um, I think McKay has really gotten back to some of the street level Hell. stuff as of mm -hmm. late. Yes. But there was a long time when, yeah. Mark was doing anything but street level. And it's like, yeah, that's cool, but uh, can't he fight just some <laughs> regular, regular ass people? Yeah. <laughs> Vengeance of the Moon Knight. <laughs> cough, cough. Just yeah. surfing buses, just dual automatic weapons, just Michael Bay write this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's so, Ted, did you want to add your your picks? Yeah. So, yeah, um, I got to thinking about it. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, I'm gonna have to go with Mench being three. All right. Nothing wrong with Amir that. Two. Okay. So the same picks as me, just flip flopped. I like that. Yeah. All right. Very cool. Okay. Any any reason you want to care to elaborate on? Uh, with either of the picks? With Jeff Lemire, I, I really dig all the uh, psychedelics that go on mm. throughout the storytelling. Like, everything's very abstract and taken as story value, not so much as what's literally happening. Mm -hmm. And, I don't know, that kind of wonderland-topia is really uh, appealing to me. So, it's not exactly like it's an amazing feat they're not like hardcore like writers tropes or anything like that it's just like no it's just appealing to me i, I like that shit <laughs> and then with mensch being in third i really enjoy his style it's very based in reality contrary to my other tastes but at the same time i don't know just something about getting all dirty and gritty and like being on the street it's like it's it's got a simplistic beauty to it mm -hmm. yeah mm, i like that okay nice. and i forgot to mention too about the jeff lemire run that had some of the 
best covers of, oh, yeah. of any Moon Knight run. I remember there was one that I had to get as a t-shirt because I loved it so much. It was just the one of Mark's face, but it had like a triangle around and the oh. the the bird head was the the skull was in the background. It was, it was so cool. I was like, I've got to get that as a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, it's got that weird synth wave aesthetic to it. It's, it's, yeah. it's pretty cool. So good. Yeah, well, Anthony, did you want to give your, your number one pick, your favorite? Well, I was going to say before we do number one. Or do we have one, any honorable mentions? That's that what I was just about to say. Yeah, we have okay. <laughs> honorable mentions. Yes. And so my honorable mentions, uh, I'll, I'll give uh, two honorable mentions. One is to Mensch mm -hmm. as just, again, the, the creator of all of this. The, the godfather, the father of Moon Knight. Mm -hmm. And the other one uh, is Warren Ellis. Mm -hmm. Only six issues. The reason why he gets honorable mention is because they are great issues, but Fantastic. they're they're so, it's just they're one shots. Mm -hmm. And there's, aside from the stuff in issue six that kind of ties back to some of the stuff that we see in the first one, there's really not much of a narrative arc for for moon knight and so that is one of the things that you know i just say uh, it's a, it's an honorable mention for me still really great stuff and and the issue four everybody raves about you know the fighting his way up through the entirety of the the building doing the raid um mm -hmm. is just absolutely amazing loved it when i read it um and you know i loved the the revamp of the suit i cosplayed as the declan shalvey moon knight i got to meet declan in oh, costume um, take a picture with him yep yep he so pretended cool. to break my wrist or i pretended to break his wrist yep <laughs> yep so all, all good stuff um and uh you know also uh, you know i'm not going to get into everything else about warren er warren ellis as a man um yeah. not going to touch that one with a 39 and a half foot well, pole no <laughs> so i will just say that uh you know that so but the the writing extrapolated from all of that uh was was absolutely fantastic so he's he's up there as an honorable mention mm. very nice chan do you have any honorable mentions for writers honestly i'm going to have to go with bemis as my oh okay mention. i didn't i was not into the bemis run when i was reading it mm -hmm. but after it was completed after i wasn't like waiting for the next week for the next one to come out and to get disappointed over and over again eh. mm. but mm -hmm. as like reading through the complete collection of the bemis run you kind of fill in the blanks where they're are essentially places that were whited out mm -hmm. where obviously there was some kind of dissonance and it just like staples the spine back together mm -hmm. yeah mm. interesting it's cool yeah um my honorable mention is actually alan zulentz okay um because he picked up where doug mensch left off and i I, I will defend him in saying that if it weren't for Alan Zelens, we might not have a Moon Knight today because he, that might have been it. Like after Doug Mensch left, that title could have tanked. And well, it did tank. 
admittedly, but it, it could have tanked worse than it did, and the character could have faded into obscurity, and that could have been the end of it. Uh, but they decided to keep it going with Fist of Conchu, and that that series that series gets a lot of stick as well. But I'll also defend that because it kept Moon Knight on the map for a while, and it did a reinvention of the character. It tried something different, which obviously didn't work, didn't stick. Um, but some of those stories are are really well, like that story with Anubis, that first issue of uh, Fist of Conchu. I love that. That's great. It goes back to the origin of moon knight when he first got when he first got acquainted with the conchu statue and it has an egyptian themed villain um it's a great pulpy little story yeah i, I love alan zelens stuff and he's written some other um, non-moon knight stuff which is really good too people should check out but yeah he's my honorable mention for moon knight writers yeah okay so who's gonna go for number one you want to go, Chad? Sure. Go? Yeah. Who's your favorite? I'm just going to say it. McKay. Mm -hmm. Nice. He hits all those marks that I like. It's yeah. pulpy. It's gritty. It's got a lot of really psychedelic shit, like the pocket mm. mentions and all that stuff with Scarlet. Oh, man. That, yeah. that I love that issue. That one was one of my favorites. I just feel like he does an amazing job at bringing in all these like classic things from Moon Knight, mm -hmm. like way in the past things that people that you know are in the podcast don't remember. All of a sudden, <laughs> holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> but just the way that he puts it together with his like both sides of his art team, they're mm -hmm. just it's it's like. You can't really grasp how you would personally think of this stuff, mm -hmm. but just bring in the menagerie together. It's amazing. Mm. That's why he's my favorites. Nice. All that. Very nice, Chad. Good choice. I like that. Anthony? Yeah. You know, uh, can I, can I, retroactively add McKay to my honorable mentions. He's, he's <laughs> rocketing his way up the list. Yeah, yeah. He really truly is. And I think at the end of it, you know, once, I mean, I don't know how much longer we're going to get him writing it um, because they seem to be tapping him for all this other stuff. He's taking over Avengers now and Avengers, you know, yeah. strange and, and so on. I yeah. don't know where he has time to breathe. So, <laughs> yeah. but I hope he continues um because i just, and i love this whole team the whole team i want all i want everybody on this book forever i want them to beat bendis and bagley for the yes. longest you know team on a on a run and i want it to be moon knight god damn it but i but i digress i just want to say that mckay all respect to mckay um my my favorite moon knight writer and this should come as no surprise to anybody who listened to the artists episode is jmd mateus because yeah. mm -hmm. he wrote Scarlet Redemption, which mm -hmm. is my all-time absolute number one, top of the top of the list with a bullet and fifty feet between it and everything else wow. subsequent. Uh, all-time favorite Moon Knight story. It is amazing. It is so well crafted, and it can never be done in any other medium other than comic books because the way. Mm -hmm. It is framed and set up. Ron Garney's artwork is yeah, Ron flawless. Fantastic. 
the 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 story is just absolutely beautiful and i love that they continued to reference mckay referencing scarlet again i was like yes yes, yes. just just yeah. inject it right into my veins right here i'll just i'll get the tourniquet i'll get the tourniquet right here i'll just you mainline it just 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 stick it right in there give me more give me all of it i want i want more scarlet i i want the, the sequel to redemption and i want mckay and you know capuccio and everybody to do it yes. and i i want the the follow-up but that story just god damn and it's only those five issues that's it that's his only work mm, on moon and i've it. met the yeah. man and he's like i have done so many other things and he said that was just kind of like well, i'll do this little story here and he the said I, yeah he said i continue to get folks who talk to me years later about the story he said so i really appreciate that i did something that resonated with people but you know he didn't intend to but he went out and he wrote the best goddamn moon knight story that's ever been written and so for that reason he's my number one nice it's like that uh meme just like you know comes in does an amazing thing doesn't respond leaves yep <laughs> comes in wipes the floor with every other moon knight writer before or since and just goes off and does his thing yeah. he's still pre and he's still writing to this day he's he still is, working he's on stuff amazing stuff um but yeah i just like i said uh i i gave ron garney the number one slot in the artist because mm -hmm. of his work on scarlet redemption so it's no surprise that i give jmd mateus the same spot in the writers i wish that both of them had worked on uh, mark specter moon knight for longer the, they were a great team together i, I felt garney right. just and, and garney's another guy continues to do fantastic work mm -hmm. absolutely his work on daredevil with mm. under the charles soul run was phenomenal so um yeah i, yeah. I remember his yeah. stuff in the 90s ghost rider too was really good yeah well right. except for the feet proportions Oh, the feet, the feet in Ghost Rider, like the size of the boots were just like terrible. Oh, they did get big for a while, didn't they? Yeah, massively disproportionate. It's like, how, how do you expect to run? Like, how are you gonna chase evil in clod hoppers from hell? <laughs> well, that's why he had that long chain, so he didn't have to chase them, he could just snake the chain around them and drag them. Through the the dark dimension, he stole all the dimensions, uh, all the the mass and the matter from the feet that Liefeld wasn't drawing, and it got <laughs> tacked on to Ghost Rider. So the smaller X Force's feet got, the bigger Ghost Riders got because it had to balance out. That's right. Jesus Christ! <laughs> you got Cable running around on you know on point ballerina feet, and then you've got. Uh, you know, Ghost Rider running around in size 32s. <laughs> it all comes out in the, in the wash. Pavement. <laughs> yeah. It all evens out, right? Right? Yeah, absolutely. There has to be a balance. It has to be. Perfectly balanced as all things. In the grand calculus of the multiverse. <laughs> right? The living tribunal probably had a hand in that. <laughs> or foot. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my number one pick is also Jed McKay. I feel that he really gets Moon Knight on a deep fundamental level. 
and the guy really knows how to do his homework like all of these deep cuts like in this last issue i don't think anybody was ever expecting to see a return of sarnak the villain that appeared in two issues of werewolf by night 50 years ago but <laughs> here we have this this issue where the the guys the, the characters are just going out to this club dancing and all of a sudden Sarnak appears out of nowhere, puts this record on, and sends everybody into a frothing uh, frenzy, <laughs> into a murderous rage. I just, I loved it so much. Uh, and every issue that, that Jed writes, I'm consistently surprised and impressed at his ability to juggle the, the elements from the past of Moon Knight, bring them to the, the future, but also make them fresh and exciting and contemporary. Also, reestablishing his relationship with Tigra was extremely important to me, being a fan of the old West Coast Avengers run, and being of the camp that was unwilling to write that um, chapter of his life off, like a lot of people have. No, I mean, he was with the West Coast Avengers for like two or three years. You can't just ignore that that happened. And Tigra like, has been his only other romance besides Marlene, and that other girl um, that, that that we know of in like fifty years, like so. Yeah, I'm glad that that McKay went back and brought Tigra back into the fold because he needs to have he doesn't need to have a romantic interest, but he does need to have somebody there as an emotional counterbalance. And I feel that uh, Tigra serves that role really well. I was so, so pleased that he brought her back. And, and also the new characters that he's provided us with, Reese and Soldier and, you know, some of the other people. I, I, it's wonderful. The, the callbacks to the past with the shadow cabinet, um, addressing that. I mean, whoever thought that anybody would ever discuss the shadow cabinet again. <laughs> But he did. <laughs> Whatever thought that um, anybody would ever have another story with, um, oh, I can't remember his name, the, the villain there, the um, the big guy, the grand ambassador, what's his face? Oh, Donnie, Com or Commodore yes. Planet. Commodore, Donnie Planet, yes, thank you, Chad. Who would have ever thought we'd see him again? Um, so it's these deep cuts and these these callbacks to the past, and also uh, beautiful, poignant issues like the Scarlet one. I mean, I went back and I read that issue several times after reading it the first time, not only because of the gorgeous, breathtaking artwork, but because the story itself was so beautifully written. Um, and especially the, the dialogue between Scarlet and Conchu. I mean, it's fucking fantastic. I, I, love, I love the Jed McKay run, and I will sing its praises all day, night long. Um, so... Yeah, I would say he's he's my favorite. He gets Moon Knight on a fundamental level. He understands the character, and I trust him uh, implicitly to do to write excellent stories for for Moon Knight. I li like you, Anthony. I hope that he stays on this title for for years. It would be exceptional to see this go on as long as possible. Like, let's see it get to issue fifty. I mean, come on, we can do it. We've got a great team here. Let's let's see it happen. Yeah. Uh, again, the the artwork. I mean, it's not just McKay. It's the artwork is absolutely fantastic. You know, Capuccio's mm -hmm. pencils, and you the, know, Rosenberg, the colors. Rosenberg, Michelle, her her colors, her colors are, are fantastic. 
astonishing. I'm amazed, you know, she finds time to do that between, you know, lifting weights and, you know, uh, bodybuilding and, and all the stuff that she does, but she, she manages to, I think that's maybe why she does it. So she can squeeze the colors in, you know, just that much tighter. She can, she really just squeeze the shit out of those, <laughs> those pens or paints or whatever it is that she does to make those colors just absolutely pop. But the, the aesthetic on this, uh, the, these stories is just phenomenal. And I love the, you know, the, the light and how there's, there always seems to be this light emanating from him. Yeah, it's like um, a glow. Yeah, it, like it's a, a glow. Yeah. It's ethereal, and the and the motion, and again, that's that's a combination of you know, uh, Capuccio's uh, inks and pencils, and then Rosenberg's colors. Just you know, I don't know. Have we had a consistent team where it's like writer and you know artists do this many consecutive issues? Uh, Not in a while. Not for Moon Knight. Years. Yeah, for, for Moon Knight, I'm talking about, you know, I obviously I know nope. you know other characters. Um but yeah, the 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 Mench and Sinkevich duo lasted um what was it twenty seven issue up to twenty seven, twenty eight of the original uh, series, I think. I think it's twenty nine. Nine seems to ring in there for me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So well, I'm seeing for for 24, uh, uh, Federico Sabatini does pencils uh, for that one. So I, yeah, and he you know. he filled in a couple of times, I think, didn't he? He did maybe one or two issues in the past. In okay, but, but in any case, um, you know, I just hope that that consistently they they stay together. Mm. Um, you know, the the three of them working cohesively as a unit for yeah for a very very long time. Yeah, they do great work together. I. Definitely second that. Yeah. Well, cool, guys. That was a great little chat. Yeah. Yeah. And Chad, you, you also had an idea that you wanted to bring up about um, the, the McKay run. R run that by us again. I kind of had the idea that we should, like, summarize and just highlight things that have gone on in the McKay run so far that, like, have been really cool to us and like mm. a play-by-play -play of all the best points in the mckay run as mm. it's nearing almost like 25 and you yeah. know that's kind of big for moon night it's a big milestone absolutely i agree yeah no that's a great idea chad well, you, you do you want to lead us off with some of your favorite moments from the run i would love to actually. I okay. read them all yesterday and today. Oh, nice! <laughs> binge it. <laughs> yeah, we're just mainlining and binging out here. Yeah, um, love it. But honestly, Waxman, that entire mm. issue was so good. Yeah, wasn't that good? Yeah, like just oh, oh god, oh, this is getting bad, <laughs> and just everyone around mark is, are, are we doing this are we killing a person <laughs> they're no. staring at it with their jaws open yeah god and of course you know as things progress things fluctuated got a little bit softer with tigra and mm -hmm. actually rekindling things with mark it's like man i i 
Mark has a heart again. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, what's going on here? It hasn't happened at all in the previous issues leading up to this, but like 20 hit and then 21 and 22. And it's just, wow. I guess he's not going to keep up that charade anymore. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And what is with Mark constantly dunking on eight ball? <laughs> like, if it's just funny. <laughs> I think just because he's there. <laughs> he's there and he's called eight ball. So. <laughs> eight ball just hanging out on the corner. Just, well, looks like a great time to ruin his day. Yeah. Well, it's great. I, I think eight ball's hysterical. Moon, eight ball sees Moonette coming. Oh, fuck. Well, shit. Not again. <laughs> not again. Come on, man. Have you seen that movie Snap? From Guy Ritchie. No. Oh yeah, this has been a while, but yes, yeah. So Bullet Tooth Tony has this one character he just like comes across and just ruins his day, just like pulls him into a car by his tie, makes him run along the car, just like, <laughs> scorts money out of him, or not money, information, and yeah. it's just <laughs> so crushing because you know there's nothing this guy can do about it. That's how I see this dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Eight Ball's such a sad sack. You can't help but feel sorry for him. And it's so funny because I remember his first appearance 30 years ago when he first appeared in Sleepwalker number two. Like, I thought, I, love I thought, oh, this, this villain's never going to go anywhere. Like, he's going to appear maybe a couple of times and then we'll never see him again. <laughs> and then he's appearing in Moon Knight regularly almost. <laughs> Like, the only person I could see him going up against functionally is Gambit. And that's yeah. the power dynamics. Right. <laughs> they could play a main game of pool. Right. <laughs> yeah, come on, one of me. <laughs> Let's, see Let's dance, mon frere. <laughs> that's great, because back in Sleepwalker days, he actually used a pool cue. Yes, he did. Yeah. The Remy LeBeau staff and the full cue, it'd be great. It'd be fantastic. <laughs> I love that, Chad. So, was there, was there anything else you wanted to mention from the McKay run? Any other favorite moments? Well, I'm kind of like a hobbyist on stained glass. So the Scarlet issue was oh, just yeah. like, Oh, Jesus Christ, that's a lot. (laughs) Like, can't tell you how often I've forgotten to use my gloves shattering. Oh. It's like, oh, this is going to be a straight cut. Don't worry about it. Oh, yikes. Nope. Oh, ouch. Yeah. So, yeah, the tidal wave of glass was kind of terrifying. (laughs) Yeah. You could feel all that glass cascading over. (laughs) It's such a cool image. It's so cool. How about you, Anthony? So I didn't come prepared to talk the McKay run. And so I'm not as uh, refreshed on it as you are. Um, I was going to say one of my favorite things was, you know, threatening to fuck up eight ball and, you know, dangling him over the 
car grinder. The, the, the car grinder. <laughs> car He's like, oh, if I wanted to kill him, I wouldn't have started with his feet. <laughs> um, you know, kind of deal. And I was just like, oh shit, you know, because I mean, Mark gets in some really sick and twisted threats and ways to hurt people. One of one of my all time favorite uh, threats that he made. I, I want to say it was in a secret Avenger or no, I'm sorry. It was heroes for hire. It was, oh. in, it was in a heroes for hire. He says, I will break every bone in your body in alphabetical order. <laughs> and I was like, God damn, that's, that's horrific. And he could do it. But the thing is, it makes it so scary is that he could exactly, do it. exactly. That's why it works because you yeah. know, he's just fucked up enough that he would try it. You know, he's like, well, you want to find out, go ahead and fuck around. You know, right. yeah. um, exactly. So, so there, uh, you know, there's that. Um, I, I have not yet read the, um, the most current issue. What's it? Twenty. Three or twenty-two, whatever one that twenty-two. Just I haven't, out. I haven't read that either. That's in the in the mail on its way to me now. <laughs> it uh, it's sitting at my local comic shop. I did not get a chance to go by on Wednesday to grab it. I will have to go by this Wednesday and pick it up. Um, nice. So so, uh, I, I haven't gotten there yet. But I mean, just I really just like the establishment and and I, I think uh i think justin you were the one who referenced you know just the new characters that he created you know reese and and soldier and this establishment of everything else um uh you know the the surrounding cast of characters using the um, midnight mission that, that exactly all the midnight mission and then hunter's moon mm -hmm. i think is probably one of the strongest additions to the mythos of Absolutely. Moon Knight and and Khonshu that we've seen in a very, very long time. Yeah. And I love how Mark plays off of Dr. Badir so <laughs> well that the two of them, you know, very, very similar in so many ways and that then polar opposites. Um, and I just love how he came in and schooled Mark on just who and what Conchu was. And, you know, did you think a God only had one fist kind of yeah. deal? Like, I was just like, holy, like, <laughs> oh, that line is just so perfect. Is, um, yeah. And then becoming this, this ally uh, to Moon Knight. Um, and then, I mean, speaking of cool moments, just bringing forth all of the prior fists of Conchu that that uh hunter's moon calls in to save moon knight's ass um just bringing everybody's like these you know they're they've all been uh you know like seeking redemption whatever i forget all the the context of it but he brings them all in and it's just like oh shit's about to go down now because now you've got like 30 moon knights um yeah Undead Moon Knights. Undead right. Moon Knights, yeah. Because what's his name? When, uh, who is it? it was, uh, Zodiac, yeah. right? Mm. That, that was mm -hmm. it. When he's like, you know, he just, he got so petty and annoyed. And he's like, God damn it. Why are you never, <laughs> you're not supposed to be here. How'd you get here that fast? Like I said everything. I'm like, no, you're not supposed to do this. This isn't supposed to be happening. And he just, the whole, 
that whole thing was just so flawlessly executed. Um, so, so all full credit to McKay and again to Capuccio and Rosenberg for the artistic, um, interpretations of all of that. Um, it's good shit all around. So many, just again, uh, so many great runs. Now, now I want to go back and reread them. Um, God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing to read. (laughs) Well, it's, it's, it's not necessarily even just another thing to read. It's another thing that, you know, I have to do now because my executive dysfunction is going to kick in and say, never mind all the stuff that I have to do. My ADHD requires that I'm going to go ahead and read 20 issues of a comic book (laughs) at, you know, nine 30 on a Sunday night, because this is what's going to happen. So fuck you, Chad. Thank you for fucking up the rest of my evening. And, Making me already more sleep deprived than I already am. God damn it. I'm going to be sitting here by like issue seven. God damn it. (laughs) Three in the morning. Oh God, I got to sleep. Three in the morning, bleeding from my eyes. Well, it's all done. Thanks, Chad. Now I can't go to work in the morning. I've got a migraine. I've lost four pounds. Because I haven't eaten. Wet. Thanks, Chad. Jackass. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's all love. It's all. It's all. Oh, yeah. It's all oh, love yeah. and appreciation. Feel, feel the love. <laughs> we can feel the love in the room. One thing I forgot <laughs> to mention on my like highlights is Doctor Sturman. Oh yeah, we need some Doctor Sturman appreciation. Absolutely. That's really pivotal for Mark's development in this Mm -hmm. because obviously he would just like you know be smearing people into grease paste you know until he felt that that's not working yes he needs to have a professional to talk to (laughs) this is important yeah absolutely (laughs) no it's good yeah some of my favorite my my co-host uh doc issues who is a licensed uh board certified psychiatrist he's not available unfortunately to to analyze and discuss things with mark uh you know hopefully uh hopefully dr sturman can handle him in in our absence <laughs> well she's avengers certified so yes that has to count for something <laughs> um yes a, a lot of my favorite moments are the ones that you guys already mentioned but i love um the the issue that I think it was just Hunter's Moon. It was when, during the Devil's Reign crossover, when Mark was in prison, and it was just a folk. It was a solo spotlight on Hunter's Moon. I really, I can't remember which issue number that was exactly, but I really enjoyed that one a lot. Um, and yeah, just the fact that we have a little bit more um, talk about the other fists of Conshu over the years, like in issue twenty. There was that backup story with Blade, and we were we had the other Fist of Conshu there. Um, I forget Retro her, Blade. Retro Blade. Yeah, I forget what her name. Green shades, Afro. <laughs> you know, leather jacket. Le- leather jacket. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can't remember. Do you remember what her name was, Chad? I don't think the... there was a name. Oh, he remembered her as was a righteous fist. Oh, okay. Maybe maybe she wasn't named specifically, but I love that little backup story. I thought that was great, and I thought, yeah. oh, cool. I mean, we're gonna we're gonna see other fists of Kanju now. I like this. I like this because it makes sense. Obviously, that there would be others over the years. 
um it's cool i love that and um <laughs> that issue with commodore donnie planet was fantastic <laughs> over the it. top irish accent though. yeah <laughs> yeah uh, the whole issue with the midnight mission i was not expecting that that was definitely a surprise god yeah i was i was never expecting to see that crazy haunted house again i yeah. had never seen it before so it was hmm. like oh why are we in hh H. holmes place <laughs> this ain't good yeah <laughs> things escalated quickly all of a sudden yeah but yes yeah, so, things great... got out of hand I <laughs> killed the guy. I stabbed the man through the heart. With a yeah, Mark, you should probably go lay low, maybe for a while. Maybe go out of town, find some family. Yeah. Wait until this all blows over. Yeah. Remember when you went south for a while? Yeah, time to do that again. <laughs> go battle some lucha libres. Yes. I think Punisher's a little bit busy, though. Mm. You know, leading a demon cult of murderers. Is it? Is he still a ninja? Is he still a demon ninja? I don't know what we bullshit is going on anymore. Oh. <laughs> okay. The last I heard that Punisher was a ninja, all of a sudden he was leading the hand, right? Or yeah. was that Daredevil? Yep. No, yeah. no, you, oh, you heard correctly. That, that was Punisher? Okay. <laughs> Punisher's also oh my. heard that, you know, uh, Mark is now on good terms relatively with Conchu and that mm. he's doing all these wonderful, horrible acts of violence without him. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> they need to just get a room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. They need to just stop beating around the bush and do it. Just fucking get it over with. <laughs> yeah. We all know what's gonna happen. <laughs> the bromance just has to escalate to a point and then done. Yeah. Just get it out of your system and then you can move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy we don't have a uh, we don't have any sort of oversight here there's no Ray there's that's right no one no no Ray no Rebecca no yeah the fist, the, <laughs> there's the no other hand of on the wheel. not in the building <laughs> neither hand of Conchu is on the wheel we are that's right <laughs> none of the high priests and priestesses are present and we're fucking up the church <laughs> Ray's, Ray's going to come back to the next year and be like, right, what's this then? <laughs> Honestly, it couldn't have been as bad as when people started watching the last Let's Get oh, based with Ray and I. The live stream. God, that was so bad. <laughs> I was taking shots of Kraken. Oh no, Kraken. Oh. I love Ouch. Kraken, don't get me wrong, but like I had a gallon of Kraken and 
Ray was, I think, alternating between whiskey and, I don't know, I think just regular scotch. Oh. Yeah. It was bad. I don't even know what Kraken yeah. is, but it doesn't bl- sound good. It's a black rum, and it's sweet, but it's very uh, toxic, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> <laughs> It's poison. <laughs> it's legal poison. Oh, okay. That sounds yummy. Oh, oh we'll put boy. hair in your chest in places you don't want it to. I've I've already got plenty of that. Thank you. <laughs> yes, come back black. So there's that. <laughs> Release the kraken. Well, it's a trademarked deep black color that has like zero opacity. It's just oh, it's just ink. Okay, that doesn't sound very healthy. Venomous squid ink, yummy, yummy. <laughs> See, it's well, funny because I prefer to drink the exact opposite. I prefer to drink vodka that is absolutely see-through oh yes yeah that's good too that's what mark ice cold vodka yeah i like i like a good glass of vodka with something yeah yeah so often give me uh give me some uh vesica vesica i forget how you pronounce it it's polish potato vodka oh, oh yeah it is smooth like butter yeah, you need I think of- nothing just just ice cubes just, i i have to you know put a little something in the vodka just to give it a little bit of flavor that stuff no i drink it straight yeah, yeah. on the rocks yeah. it's dangerous yeah i think i've had a variation of that it was some polish concoction called krupka i think or something like that is that the lemongrass stuff I th- yeah i think it had lemon or something in it yeah it was definitely fragrant i can't remember what it was called but it was it was very good i have a friend who drinks some kind of you know middle european like potato like <laughs> liquor and there's always lemon involved in oh yeah it's like is, is this like a common thing yeah apparently it was <laughs> things have a little bit of flavor in there yeah <laughs> i'm actually kind of excited though uh kraken who's only done the darker liquors is now moving on to gold oh okay so it's like i'm wondering if they know how to do gold rum Mm, i might have to try that once they roll that out yeah i like my rums too but not too dark (laughs) not not ink dark (laughs) let's put it that way (laughs) i look at that glass and think that i'm drinking gasoline or something Oh, gasoline's kind of a golden color. Mm, that's true, too. Yeah. Yes, I was pissed, but I wouldn't really uh, <laughs> try down in that. Well, piss is closer to being like a Pilsner color. <laughs> I don't have to drink my urine. But I do because it's sterile. And I like the taste.
Well, uh, I'm drinking an Imperial IPA, so it's okay. a little bit different than a Pilsner. Mm. Imperial. Distinguished. Yeah, uh, I mean, if you want to drink piss, just drink, you know, a light beer. <laughs> exactly. I haven't had light beer probably like two years. Ugh. It's been a long time. I, I just walk is best. <laughs> right. <laughs> Thank you, Kiss. <laughs> Gotta love the beast. Thank you, Kiss. It's the first time that sentence has ever been uttered in the English language. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Two nights ago, Gene Simmons decided to take a chair instead of trying to. I walk. saw that. Yeah, he was having a rough time on stage. Well, he's in all that leather in yeah. three heat. Yeah. You expect it's 73 years old. Absolutely. 73, my God. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Although, on the other hand, I mean, Jerry only of the Misfits can still do his knee slides across the stage. So it's like. True. And look at what Iggy Pop's still doing. So. Yeah, yeah Iggy Pop is not a mortal creature. <laughs> That's true. Hey, Big Daddy Kane, I saw him a couple years ago, and that man was doing all kinds of hip-hop routines. And they, oh, he was? He, oh, yeah, no. He was doing the splits. with. He was getting down with his dancers. He did the oh, thing where, it. you know, he jumps on. He gets a lift from one of his from one of his dancers and they flip him over and he jumps, does like a backflip and lands in the splits and he jumps up and oh yeah. Oh no. That's fantastic. Woman up Kane. Woman up Kane. Woman up Kane. Woman up Kane. <laughs> I remember Big Daddy Kane and Meteor Man. Do you remember that? I, I did see that movie like 30 years ago when it came out, which yeah, fucked me blonde that hair. old. You had blonde hair. That was fantastic. Oh God! Nineteen ninety. Ain't no other man like the media man. Yep. <laughs> oh, thirty years ago, meteor man. That's wild. <sighs> Turning thirty-four this month. Oh wow! Nice. Happy early birthday, Chad. I'm just like, wait, you're talking about a thing that happened like, oh, while well, I was a toddler. Yeah. I yeah. Go back and watch Meteor Man. See what you missed out on. <laughs> Yeah, it's a time I'm about capsule. to turn 41 in uh, in a month. So, yeah, I'll be 46 this year. Yeah. Okay, so I'm the middle one here, age wise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Woohoo! Middle shot. You know. I'm the meat in the sandwich. <laughs> Very nice. Nice. You like? <laughs> Don't threaten me with a good time. All right. <laughs> and we've gone completely off the rails. Ray yeah. is going to sit there. He's going to be sitting there like trying to edit this and going, what? This They were great. They should have ended this 20 minutes ago. It would have been a great episode. What the fuck are they on Milwaukee's, now? What are they talking about Milwaukee's best for? <laughs> like, right. They're talking about Moon Knight. And now, you know, they're talking about spit roasts and Milwaukee Beast and Big Daddy King. <laughs> the fuck does any of this have to do with Moon Knight? <laughs> Meteor Man. <laughs> it was awesome chatting with both of you guys, though. It was super fun. Fucking Americans. They ruin everything. 
correct. <laughs> the inmates are running the asylum, right? Oh, it's more like the inmates are running the prison. Mm, but, you know. That's true. <laughs> that's fucking <Yeah>. Seppos. <laughs> Anything else you guys want to talk about? No, but if you want to plug anything... I think if we keep talking, Ray's never going to invite anyone yeah. on the show again. Yeah, probably. Awesome. What's your favorite B-grade, like, non-licensed superhero? Like, Blank Man? Is it going to be, like, uh, what's-his-face? You know, just, like, all those 90s heroes that came out and went oh. nowhere. Um... Hmm. Definitely for me, it would be Mystery Men. Mm, that's a good one. Do you remember that one with Ben Stiller and William H. Macy? Yeah, that one. And Jeff Kel Mitchell. Yes. And Gene Garofalo. Yeah. I. <laughs> Although I think that was that based on a actual comic. I th- I'm not I sure. About I it. think it was. Okay. Um. Hmm. I think the Blue Raja was probably the best part of the mystery. Yes, loosely based on Bob Burden's Flaming Carrot comics. Yeah. Oh, okay. Hmm. That sounds well. Yeah. That's definitely B grade, though. (laughs) That counts as B grade. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I love that movie so much. God, that made me laugh so hard the first time I saw it. Um, I. Like, I mean, if we're really going like B grade here, you can't talk about, you know, horrible low grade superhero movies without talking about Orgasmo. Orgasmo. Okay. I, I, I was thinking you were, you were either going to say that or the Toxic Avenger. <laughs> no, no, you can't. No, I'm not going to shit on Toxic. I'm not shitting on Toxic Avenger. Or Orgasmo. You know, Orgasmo, come on. Yeah. I am Sancho. Yes, but what do you do? I am Sancho. Are you Sancho? No, you are not Sancho. You're not Sancho. Scott Bayo is not Sancho. Frank Gifford, he is not Sancho. There are many Toms and Jeffs and Bills in the world, but only I. I am Sancho. You're hired. We're shooting a scene tonight on the volcano set with the ass fuck twins. Like, what do you want, Hung? I'm busy. Oh my God, it's Orgasmo. I'm not Orgasmo. I am Sancho. I want to watch this again, but I don't want to watch this again. It's been a long time. The part that killed me was when, um, what was it, Tiny walks in and it's, it's Trey Parker's voice. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh God! You're gonna about... make me come, or I'm gonna <laughs> kick your butt. <laughs> All right, you remember me on tap? Oh, that's right. Oh, God. Oh, that's right. Give it to me. It feels so good. Oh. I just this, about this whole episode is just for patrons, right? This, this whole episode is for patrons. That means people yeah. are paying money to listen to this shit. Yes. People, Ray is going to lose like $15 in Patreon. <laughs> like, that's it. That's it. Fuck it. I'm out. Well, he might edit this last 15 minutes off. Who knows? If he's smart, he'll save it for a blooper reel. Yes. Yeah. The clip show. 
end of the year clip show. There you go. That's it. Yeah. Right. If we haven't burned the whole goddamn thing to the ground before then. <laughs> it's no longer burning to the ground. It's the elephant foot on the bottom basement floor. <laughs> Just a memory of what used to be. <laughs> I think my favorite B grade, like superhero out there, was probably the Mask. Yeah, that's a good one. Just because that was Dark Horse, wasn't he? Yeah, Dark Horse. Yeah. Wait, Dark Horse. Um, like, sure, he, there was a comic with him, but not the same in the slide. Yeah, totally different. Yeah. I I do want to see or read the original comics because I mean the the Jim Carrey film is is an iconic classic. Yeah. And I know even back then I read and heard a lot that it was so drastically different than the source material, but I've never read the source material so I am very curious to read it and go, "Wow, okay, they took all of this and they made that movie." That. <laughs> yeah. That was a stretch. <laughs> yeah. So imagine Loki and Deadpool, but mm. they alter reality. Mm -hmm. That was pretty much the entirety of it. They, the mask was just out to have fun, and mm. it was so graphic. <laughs> fun on a grand scale. Yeah. But that was, uh, you know. I got into the mask way back in the day because you know the Jim Carrey film came out. Sure, Jim Carrey's yeah. everyone. It was a big deal. That movie was a big deal. I remember seeing that in the theater. Yeah, introduced the world to Cameron Diaz. That's right. That was her. Wasn't that her her debut? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Smoking. <laughs> Smoking. That was when Jim Carrey could do no wrong. Yes. He was the he was Hollywood's golden boy for a few years. Yep. Yep. I gotta say though, my favorite installation to like well things that the mask did was, you know, in the sequel, although it didn't like it. I loved having Alan coming there as Loki. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just Alan Cummings a great character actor. Yeah, he was a good. Oh yeah, he was a good choice for Loki. Yeah, I loved him as Nightcrawler in uh, the X Men movies. Yeah, that was that was a stretch. It's like you're gonna take Alan Cumming of all people and make him a penitent Catholic. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, and it worked. <laughs> At least I thought it worked anyway. I, I liked Kurt. It was just surprising us all. Mm. <laughs> Any other topics you guys want to talk about? No, this train is off the rails. Is <laughs> has dumped, you know, toxic materials and is now poisoned the water. That's right. You're gonna have to evacuate the surrounding areas now. <laughs> Of, of you know you have to evacuate within 25 miles of everyone who listens to this podcast <laughs> you'll find an infestation of roaches in your in your home and 
<laughs> All of a sudden, every bat within 25 miles is now pregnant. <laughs> Sheeps are suddenly inverted and found in, in fields. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Ray. Thanks for, for yeah, turning thanks, over the Ray. keys. Uh, hey, this has been another edition of Sidekicks Revenge. <laughs> we should publicly shame the people that didn't show up today. Oh, no, no. Come on. Like, like life happens. Shame. I'm not shame anybody. Shame. Oh, yeah, get the shame. bell out. Shame. We'll, we'll, we'll shame them if they walk naked through the street. We'll ring the bell after them. Does that count as kink shaming at that point? No, because they might be into that. Exactly. Said again, don't threaten me with a good time, man. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, I guess that's it then. If you guys yeah, don't about anything else. Yeah, I think that, that'll wrap us up. But thank you guys for joining on the special edition of Sidekicks Revenge. And we want to give your plugs as to your respective projects that you're working on. Um, I'll go first. Uh, I'm Anthony from Capes on the Couch. Uh, we are a podcast that examines the psychiatric and mental health issues of comic book characters. Uh, we're a proud member of the, the Guinea Geek Network. So you can find all of our episodes on our website at capesonthecouch.com. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Capes on the Couch. And uh, if you didn't manage to uh, completely be turned off by what you heard here tonight. Uh, and you go and listen to our shows and which are very much unlike anything that we do here. Uh, it's PG 13 at best. And uh, you like that. You can go over and subscribe at patreon.com slash capes in the couch and uh, unlock early access, additional uncensored material bloopers, uh, a whole host of other cool stuff. Nice. Very nice. Chad, anything you're well, working on right now? The only stuff I'm working on is my dumbass meme pages again, working with anarcho-communist intent, and well, that doesn't do well on you know algorithms. So, oh well, I'll yeah. pass it off to you. Um, well, right now I'm working on uh, four different shows. Uh, Gamma Charge, the strongest podcast there is. I host with Russell. We talk about everything to do with the Hulk twice a month we also have a patreon page so check that out we have exclusive bonus episodes every month and also we host with ray none other than the high priest of kanshu ray himself russell and i co-host predator and prey a yaucha podcast in which we discuss everything to do with the predator films comics uh, video games action figures and more and then over at the collective I can be found on the Capes and Lunatics Network with Phil, where we co-host Marvel Tales once a week. And once a month, uh, we co-host We Are the Night, the Batman podcast. And that's it for me. <laughs> so I have a question about the Yaja podcast. Mm. Um, have you heard of, like, the, like, I think it's just, like, facebook reels or maybe he's on youtube as well but he does just the villain tech support oh no i haven't most of his stuff is centered around 
you know, the predators trying to take down a villain. Oh. Yeah. And it's just Interesting. Like, he's trying to be tech support for an ill-informed hunter. And it's just like, you know, oh, you're going up against a hero that has like a skull design. Is it a skull on his face? Is it a skull on his chest? Is it flaming? So it's just like, tries to help these hunters do their job. <laughs> I like that. But yeah, what's it, what's a really it called? Cool concept. It's a, uh, I think it's called like Villain Tech Support. Villain Tech Support. Nice. I'll have to check that out, Chad. Yeah. He's a bald dude. Uh, he's always wearing like a headset because that's the costume. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's hilarious. Nice. I'll have to check that out. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks everybody for listening. Thank you, Loonies, as always, for listening. And, uh, I'm sure Ray will have another episode cooked up for you soon. And as always, may Conchu watch over the denizens of the night. See everyone. Bye. Peace. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.